How to Create a Glitch Monologues Season 21 Chapter 3 This is Season 21 of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Monologues Episode 3. In this episode, we will be talking about a few topics including appropriation through divisive expectation contracts, among other things. In Season 20, Episode 6, we talked about how divisive expectation contracts are sometimes paired with conjoined expectation contracts during the process of appropriation. In this episode, I would like to explain how spatial non-consensuality plays a role in this process. Now, to start off, let's return to the example given in a previous episode. Imagine that person A and person C were in a relationship, but now person A and person B are Person A has a conjoined expectation contract with person B and a divisive contract with C. Person B appropriates person C's identity relative to A, meaning that B acquires archetypal fit through convergence and displacement of C. But the larger question becomes, how does this work practically? Well, a divisive expectation contract is non-consensual. Thus, as part of this process, Person C is experiencing a non-consensual reality in encounters with B or A. Thus, the principles of substitution and displacement or spatial non-consensuality produce subordination to the tonic, person B, which is preserved by the conjoined contract with A. In other words, person B erodes the physical territoriality of C in that non-consensual space, which is preserved or actualized by A's relationship with B. To put it simply, C loses territory to B which is preserved by A. When preferential expectation matching creates a social system around A as the nexus empath, the result is a progressive whittling away at the spatial territory of person C until the divisive contract is terminated. Now, what is this territoriality? It is one's ability to induce submission spatially, to displace and substitute for another, to penetrate the physical space around a person deposing their consensuality. Now, when dissonant consensualities collide, the use of spatial territoriality induces a dominant relationship to the tonic, subordinating the dominant to the unconscious release of tension for the tonic, according to the effectuation of his or her impulses. Now, what does the dominant do for the tonic? The dominant conditions the attention of the tonic, stepping into holes in his or her consensual reality, where non-consensuality would ordinarily present. The dominant does this by fulfilling the projections of the tonic, according to his or her consensuality. In other words, we all have gaps in our consensual projections. We ordinarily deal with this by judging the objects, disregarding them, opposing them. Accordingly, our standard of measure becomes their reality, whilst in our consensuality. They will impose upon themselves and us what rules or conventionalities, what limits, we place on ourselves, whilst in our observation. Thus, in a way, a dominant plugs a hole in our consensuality. But, and this is important to reiterate, the conventionality that we apply to them, does not reflect their reality, or conventionality, or consensuality, when we are not around to observe. In effect, we allow a slice of them into our consensual space, in accordance with our expectations, but it is mere appendage, projection, thus, their behavior otherwise might seem discordant. The natural holes, so to speak in our consensuality, 
ordinarily manifest as the circumstances where we will take out socially, but, due to the presence of the dominant, don't have to. The interesting aspect of characterizing these consensual vacancies or non-consensual spaces in our projection is that it accurately reflects the physiological reality and reveals more directly the nature of physical intimacy, as explained in an earlier podcast last season. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it please like, comment and subscribe.